The wise men at their end know dark is right, because their words had forked no lighting. They do not go gentle into that good night. Good men, the last wave by, crying how bright their frail deeds might have danced in a green bay. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. Wild men who caught and sang the sun in flight and learned too late they grieved it on its way. Do not go gentle into that good night. What's going on, guys? MDLP, Battle Axe Gym, the strongest fucking podcast <laughs> in Miami. Episode 26. Welcome, guys. Feeling pretty damn good. We've been uh, kind of hoping to get this one going. And of course, I'd like to introduce my Baron of the North and super handsome uh, podcast co-host, Johnny Banks. What is up, everyone? Welcome back. Thank you for being here. I feel pretty good. We got some rain today. Um, looking for sponsorship, just in case. Um, yeah. So we drink, whatever. And of course, <laughs> Glenn Live at 14, which would be amazing. What? If they sponsored us. But uh, honestly, please don't sue us for whatever bullshit you're going to get after it. Um, so again, we always start our, our podcast with uh, giving shout outs to those who mean a lot to us and who sponsor us in any way or support us. Um, BV305, the villains, you guys are our extended family as well as John is a member, always doing good in the community and coming back with force after this pandemic. Um, shout out to those guys, the Battle Axe Gym, my family, my clan, my people. Thank you. Local Pie Pizza in Miami. You guys have been fucking awesome to us. <laughs> so shout out to you guys um, for everything. And of course, Med CBD, our CBD sponsor for the Battle Axe Gym. Um, I just want to give you guys a lot of uh, much love. And of course, I want to dedicate this to Abeku Wilson, who would be 37 in about 20 days. Um, this one's for you, brother. So we're going to go and start this off with um, our general catch up of what's been going on. <laughs> and um, and a lot of strongman stuff has been happening and trying to emerge. And there's a lot of news on what we're doing. We're going to obviously talk about Miami's baddest. And then we're just going to fly because I'm going to let John take the steering wheel and I'm just going to be here loosey goosey. We're peacocks. Yeah. Right. Let us fly. Gotta let me fly. Gotta let me dance. Ooh. It's all about big feathers, small bird, big feathers. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, so a lot's been going on. Obviously, I think that, you know, we got kind of, uh, as they say in France, and this is the French word for it. True. We got fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the <laughs> French word, yeah. So we got COVID twice, yeah. and then we got a hurricane. Yeah. Wow, thanks awesome. for that. Yeah, like we were supposed to be here three <laughs> times over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This yep. should be episode 30. This is like basic, yeah. This is episode 52, by the way. <laughs> so... You know, but I would say that uh, in true strongman fashion, with all the things that hold you down, you find a way. And uh, there's there's been some cool things going on. And I think that strongman's been trying to mirror what you've been preaching. Uh, and I think it's because the values that you hold close to your chest are not just your own, but shared amongst the community. And I think people are very... Um, tied to that i think it's a it's a one mentality thing yeah um and so recently and i think it's good to talk about this because we also want to talk about where miami's baddest is going to go and recently uh brian shaw posted that he wanted to host his own tournament yeah you, when you sent that to me i was like wait what yeah. yeah 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 so the idea behind it is he wants to give away 
uh, one for spectatorship, two free uh, tickets, all expenses paid. You come out and you enjoy the the contest, um, and a twenty five thousand dollar prize. Damn. He's going to select 10 athletes to come out and compete at his gym. He will also compete, which is like... Nice. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty fucking cool. Yeah, that's cool. And he said, uh, if I win, I'm going to take my winnings and I'm going to give it back so that, you know, whoever finished under me will be able to share that prize. That's, well, really? Yes. See, that's fucking cool, man. He also said the 10 athletes that he brings, he will cover flight, room, and board. Damn. That, see... I mean, that comes from experience and somebody who's probably understands the game and using his platform to give back to the sport. I mean, I would love to do the same thing and not to say that I wouldn't because I guarantee you one day we will. Yeah. But that's fucking cool, man. Like, and, and a lot of his buddies and people that he respects, it's his show, it's his property. I like the giving back part for winning because he might win <laughs> and that'd be shitty if he's like, all right, guys, I want my own money, you know, but that's Get good. Fuck, nerds. Yeah, fuck, <laughs> yeah, nerd. <laughs> But you know, I, I think it. Um, I think it's what you've been saying, that it needs more than just strongman corporation. It needs the backing of these athletes who are known. You know, I mean, if you think about it, and it's not to boost you up, but this is just a fact. Mm. If you talk about strongman in Miami, you talk about Michael De La Pava. You talk about the Battle Axe Gym, right? You. Yeah. So you. you're really not like, what's the next strongman gym in South Florida? Right. I mean, there's a couple. Yeah, until they go start. But the them. fucking battle axe is the one you think of. Right. Right away. Right. Right. And so you've said uh, very often that the platform, the use of the platform, is what it comes down to. Yeah, and I, I think that, um, I think the platform can be. I just talked about this yesterday. It's like the top of anything is always a very slippery slope. You know, the top of your success, the top of your greatness. Um, the hard, the higher you climb, the, the more narrow that thing you stand on, you know, a mountaintop is obviously a peak and it's a lot harder to maintain your balance to sustain that for very long periods of time. The climb is a little bit more flat and plateaued. And I, I just, I was just talking about this yesterday. Like when you get to a certain time, you spend so much effort not trying to fall that you forgot what it took for you to get there. And it's kind of like, you know, the champion's curse, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and um, not saying by all means that I'm at my pinnacle, but I'm just saying that when you get more successful, whether it's just a little bit or a lot, it's the first step into complacency. And I think that by setting standards and responsibilities and, and these, these uh, things to catch and hunt and climb for, you never get to that, you know, you're, you're not no longer just standing on a needle on a, the top of a needle. You're standing on on a platform on right. something heavy and then you use it. A lot of guys get up there and they just forget like how many people are looking up to them in this position. And, you know, they're so worried about not fucking up that you're like, hey, man, you have the chance to change lives so much easier now. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something that I've learned just from great coaches and great people and bad people. Uh, people that I think I'm like <laughs> not going to do that. Um, and look, you know what I mean? Like he could very well just be like, not do anything. Yeah. And it was, people might say, oh, whatever, it's for publicity. And what I'm like, yeah, but when you put on your own show with your own money and your own sponsor, it's hard work. Yeah. It doesn't help you at all personally. It's more like you love this sport so much that you wish somebody would have done this for you. And that's what this show sounds like to me. He's mm -hmm. kind of like, man, I wish somebody would do this. And knowing Brian Shaw, the show's going to run perfect. <laughs> it's going to be like no fucking, you know, not even a mat is going to be turned sideways because he's very meticulous about that shit. So yeah. 
that's kind of it's great to see a champion fucking literally one of the best strong men of all time and one of the strongest men in the world ever is still you know making that effort and that that speaks to his athleticism as an athlete too because that's how he trains yeah you know he's 36 37 and he's still like okay you know i still got to make some changes he's losing weight he trained a new dietitian he's still making that effort and it, this show kind of represents a little bit about that i think yeah absolutely um so let's talk, uh, you know, the current state of Miami's baddest. Let's talk about the plans uh, for for the rest of this year. And then we can talk about long-term plans. Yeah, so it's funny because I guess I just say funny when I'm actually really stressed out. But <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my go-tos. I'm I mean, happy. I'm this fine. is I'm funny. Fine. Just don't look inside. It's, it's, it's a bloody mess. <laughs> um, one of my biggest things that I wanted, uh, actually Vinny had come up to me about it. And he's like, maybe we should run it in flights. And I was like, what a great idea. We can mm. run Miami's baddest in flights and blah, blah, blah. And then I just came up with the idea in with that, that inspired the concept of mostly, it's funny when you look at others and they inspire you never to give up. Mm. Because, you know, a part of me, and to be very truthful and very transparent, was like, it's not happening. And I, you know, obviously CrossFit Kendall, I mean, for Christ's sake, they're just trying to survive as a gym, yeah. let alone, hey, man, by the way, I want 100 people to show up. So we really get shut down. You know, Miami, for those of you guys listening, is just ruthless right now. They're shutting businesses down for no reason. Uh, it's hard to be a business owner. It's bad. And uh, for us small business owners, it's really hard for us. You know, if you're not in that community of small business owners, it's really hard right now. People are literally scrambling in food lines, trying to pay rent as a American for doing what you did. But I kind of was like, man, I don't think it's going to happen. And what do we do? And suddenly just him talking about that and like make, he's like, man, maybe we can make it like a backyard thing at the battle ox. And it was great to be inspired by one of your guys too, like to not let that fire burn out. Right. Because right. as a leader, you can never, ever stop burning. There is no, no ever, you know, it's like those uh, torches on a grave that just don't, don't burn out. Like for the, the yeah. president's, and I'm like, no, this is what we're going to do. And my plan is, I'm really just literally waiting for the approval on my email, is to make like a Blitzkrieg thing. It's three events at the Battle Axe Gym, old school, right in the thing, tents outside, fans inside, in and out in like three hours. And then we fucking party. And it's I want to do it at the end of August, so like literally three weeks. Because September is when school starts and things get a little crazy for people, yeah. um, traveling and all that stuff. But And I know it's obviously short notice but i can work with it regardless maybe sometime in september if anything but it's three events we'll probably do obviously the log axle um max deadlift and then we'll do like bag toss for reps meaning you got 60 seconds to blast this fucking this bag over the bar as many times as you can we're gonna make these the rules real quick real hard still have the trophies half cash prizes mm. give people the chance to like look this isn't miami's baddest this is, we'll call it something else because the standard for Miami's baddest to me is high. Yeah. And I'm not just going to, it's like when the band gets a new lead singer, I'm like, yeah, but that isn't Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. It's Audio Slave. And I'm not going to do that. It will be called, you know, Battle Last Blitzkrieg or something cool. Um, and we're going to have a chance for people to compete. And it's mm -hmm. going to be homegrown, old school, like how Miami's baddest year one was. 28 people. I don't give a fuck who shows up in the sense, and I'll honor people for next year. I'm like, look, if you don't want to make it, you still have your Miami's baddest next year in April when things are better, yeah. or you're already in. You know, if you want a refund, here's your money, no sweat. 
and I'm going to use, and I'll tell the sponsors, I'm like, this doesn't count as your sponsorship for the year, but which is hard as a show because that's thousands of dollars that I don't have next year, but that's, that's the name of the game. Mm-hmm. Put them on the shirt, no matter what, and you come in, you get your shit, and you fucking compete, fans on, tents outside, beer, music, and before they call the fucking cops, we're going to be fucking done. <laughs> and I'll have like, you know, Lulu and Marielle park their fucking cop cars out there. I'm like, ah, get the fucking narcs out of here, you know? <laughs> but I, I'll tell you what, John, it's happening. Mm. Like, I just, I, I know what I would feel like in a year like this year without a competition. Yeah. And I just had this conversation at the gym. Competition should not be the GPS for your effort. That You, you can't put your effort and guided by, oh, I can only do this when I'm competing. I just yelled at everybody at my gym two weeks ago. You can't just say, well, there's no competition, and then take your foot off the pedal. You know, you still have a chance to eat right, train right, rehab, read, educate yourself, get involved in the sport, go to a fucking competition and load plates. You know, don't lose that edge, don't lose that fire. But I also recognize and I'm cognizant that competitions are surely motivating. Man, I'm a big believer in motivation, external motivations. And I'm like, man, what would I like? I'd like to go and be like, fuck it, we're competing anyway. And I'll give the fucking axes, those fucking badass axes. Those are going to be the goddamn trophies. And it's funny because when you told me about the Brian Shaw competition, I had already thought this up. I'm like, obviously, I'm not giving you $25,000. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) But I was like, you just don't quit. Yeah. You find a way. And it's indicative of our sport. It's indicative of our culture that you just don't quit. And those who want to show up and show up, I don't care if there's 10 people. I really don't. I'm like, you compete. And it's going to be sanctioned. It will because I feel like they will approve this. Yeah. And they're going to say, I'm going to say first place goes to nationals, first two women go. And I'm like, hey, you know, because you need at least five people in the class. I'm like, maybe you guys can be a little understanding of the current climate. Let's make the weights comp- comparable. But if they get, you know, first out of three, I think you should still go to Nats right now with what's going on. Yeah. Um, and they're looking to fill Nats anyways. Right. Because look at the online qualifier. Not right. that it's super easy, but it's also not the hardest thing in the world. So right. it's easier to qualify online than it is to win a fucking competition. I guarantee it. That's I did it. Yeah. Um, but long story short, that's kind of the, the idea of it. You know, like, don't don't let that fire fucking burn out as uh practitioner of the sport and somebody who loves the word love it and you can just like in that conversation like that whole week i'm like oh my god and i just didn't let it sleep and then, uh. <laughs> well yeah i i think that it's great that you've been talking about that and um <clears throat> you know i find it interesting because as much as people would love to believe that you're mdlp the athlete mdlp the coach and that's it you wear a lot of hats you yeah. know you do and so it's not necessarily letting the fire burn out but it's tending to bigger fires right. oh thank you. Oh, damn, right? that's pretty good so yeah. <laughs> um i've noticed and i'm sure everyone has noticed uh you know obviously you and i talk pretty much every day so yeah. you've started prepping yourself uh for competition i wanted to ask you because one of part of the conversations we had last night is you said man i'm really diving into getting coaching from different positions what made you decide that hey, this is the time that I, I need it from all levels. Because typically it was like, okay, I'm going to use this person for nutrition, and then I'll coach myself, or I'm going to use this person for coaching, and I'm going to do nutrition myself. Whatever. What made you decide? Hey, I'm hands off on this. I'm just going to be the athlete. That's a good question. <laughs> um, 
I deserve it. Um, yes. I'm really hard on myself, um, like disgustingly so. And I think a lot of people think that my confidence comes from a place of confidence, and it doesn't. It comes from a place of struggle and self-esteem issues and uh, emotion and self-loathing, lots of that. <laughs> so when I believe in something, I really believe in it. <clears throat> and this year, as a culmination of years, I'm like, I deserve it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I deserve it to myself, and I hope that you guys also see yourself this way, and you should, or try, that sometimes you just deserve that effort, you know? And I, I looked at myself this week, or a few weeks ago, and I'm writing programming hours on the week, and then I get to myself, and I'm like, eh, I literally type it up, like upper accessory, you know, see how you feel. I'm like, if I was paying me as a coach, I'd fire me. Mm. Like, who the fuck goes, yeah, on every line, like, eh. you know, log press, cleans, see how you feel. Legs, okay, legs, lower accessory. I'm like, I would be like, what are you programming? What is lower accessory? Why? How? What What do I need to fix? And I'm like, I'm not respecting myself. I just talked to my cousin about it because, you know, he's my confidant. Mm-hmm. And he, well, first thing we agreed on, he's like, I'm like, I need to coach myself, but I need to give me my effort. And I know myself. I'm always last to me in many situations, but mostly as an athlete. I put myself way in the back because coaching and leading is just like my, sometimes it's my priority. Man, I'm nine years in the sport, 14 years of coaching, and I'm like a training because um, I wasn't always a coach. I was a trainer first. Um, coaching was a different term. Um, I have really knowledgeable friends that know way more than me, um, people I respect, people that I think can keep me in check. Paul O'Neill is um, not only a friend in, in nutrition, but somebody that reminded me that if I am committed, I can lead by example in many other aspects. And a lot of people have seen me. I struggle with nutrition only because I just don't care. And that's not okay. You know, like I'm like, yeah, I'll eat it perfect. And then I'll just drink myself retarded or fucking have pizza. And that's great. But not when you're trying to be the best at 36. It's not that, it's not that way anymore. And I'm like, fuck it, man. Like I deserve this. I, I, I'm making enough money to put money into myself, invest in myself. But more importantly, and this is something that, um, I think it's important because I started just started working with Andrew Triano, who is a fucking brain. Like he's a crazy person. I call him the mad scientist and I like his concepts. And I was working with Leifa before who I really fucking enjoy. And I've worked with Alan. I've worked with um, Barrett, who was another amazing 231 back in the day, if you guys know him. And um, it's, I said it because I messaged Leifa um, out of respect because she was my previous coach. And I'm like, Hey, it's not that, and, and it's not like she expected me to do that. It's just something yeah. that I needed to do personally. I said, I'm, I'm paying my respects to you that I'm going to go work with, you know, Triana. Not because I think he's better or anything like that. It's just, I just want a new experience, et cetera. But I said to her something, I guess it came out when I was saying, because I was sending a voice message out of respect. I don't have a lot of years left to be coached at this level as an athlete. Yeah, I don't. Like, I just have to come to the realization that two, three years as a competitive, maybe three, as a competitive 231, um, it's going to run out. And I like being the student a lot. I love it. And these are my chances to tell my guys, I know what you feel because I do know what you feel. And to write notes and to 
have to Google shit. I'm like, what the fuck did this guy and and, and, and write the updates that I always har- I'm always hard on my guys, you know. And yeah. I, I'm like, where's your fucking update? <laughs> like, and I have to update every goddamn movement. Like my you know my my things are high, and I'm like. I need this. I need this as a coach. I need this as an athlete because I'd love to hand this down. And I learned so much with Leifa and so much with my previous coaches. I'm like, I love it. Yeah. It's not even like I think one guy's better. It's just paying your respects. Hey, man, Leifa, thank you so I much. Mean, and go. And not to cut you off. No, no, but please. just to say about her, like, you're also talking to one of the best in the world. Period. Yeah, it's like unquestionable. It's crazy. Yeah, Yeah. like I'm like going to one of the as a friend. Yeah. Hey, you know, by the way, you know, like it's not like I'm saying like, right, it's standalone. You are one of the best in the world and I learned from you. Yeah. And um, I think it's a slippery slope when you're coaching and you're up top. You you think you're out of resources and there is no top to the coach. You know, like spread your fucking like there's somebody out there that knows something you know. And I think the best way to learn is to be humbled as a student mm-hmm. you know there's a difference between you and me sitting as peers and you and me sitting as coach athlete coach athlete yeah it's, it's way different way different because your receptors and your perception and the way you're conversing is completely different when you're going yes coach yes sir as opposed to <laughs> yeah but we're not discussing this like if, if yeah. you know we're, i'm like i'm telling you this and you're going to absorb it this is why and then execute it not yeah but by the way i think my way is better because blah 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 sure um, and I love it. I yearn for it. Um, nutrition and obviously working with Andrew Locke has been life changing for me. And this That's is awesome. one of the top How long guys have you in the been world. Working with him now? Two months. Wow. I just got off the. I was, I was WhatsApping him uh, from Australia. Yeah. It took me eight weeks to have a thirty minute conversation with him. Wow. This is work, and this is what investing in yourself is. If I told you that you're going to have to wait eight weeks to have a small conversation that can change your life, if but if I told you this is because it's going to make you better at whatever it is you love, you would do it because that's what you love to do. If not, you don't fucking love it. You're a fucking liar. And I'm like, I literally, eight weeks. And I was like that weird creeper. Like, hey, so three weeks, right? <laughs> like, it's like, <laughs> am I sending this guy a dick pic? Like, hey, by the way, I'm in your DMs, you know? Like, it's so nerdy. And then Counting I saw him on the, the day, yeah. 72 hours. <laughs> yeah, and then I see him on the phone. I'm like, hey, man, good to see you. <laughs> and it's a fucking PT Jack dude, you know? Um, but yeah, dude, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, I, I earned it. I deserve it. And I need to give myself some fucking credit. Like, Mike, you've been doing this for nine years, almost eight years competitively. You've had massive injuries and you've been through some shit and you're a high level guy, which is crazy to be referred to as that. It's awesome in a way. You're very like you kind of give yourself that, you know, sometimes you have Mm -hmm. to be like, hey, man, like put out you have I I have really awesome resources. Look at our podcast uh, hosts. We have yeah. 26 episodes and we pretty much have like the most famous people. I can call Andrew right now and be like, yo, dog, we're doing this fucking, <laughs> you know, yeah. but, um, but yeah, man, that was my biggest, uh, my biggest turn. I'm like, dude, you don't have many of these left. I love that you say that you deserve it. And I think that's something that we could all learn as, as coaches and athletes, um, is that there's very few people, there's a lot of people functioning in the world right now that feel like they don't deserve things. <sighs> And for the things that you love and you're passionate about, you deserve to have the opportunity to be better at them. Right? Yeah. So I'm really proud of you to even extend that and even say it here. I do have a question. 
kind of left field, Shit. but it came to me. This is not scripted <laughs> by the fucking way, as you can hear from my heavy breathing. Um, I started thinking about like uh, the transition for as long as I've known you. Um, and it's funny because I start to notice that like people would use you in their posts first physically. It used to be this physical situation where it would be like, you know, fucking right branding down the wall like a rhino yeah. you know at the battle action yeah. right and then now it's become uh it's like you know a quote from the podcast and you can i mean there's a billion so you can just pick one but now it's how does it make you feel to know that people uh have not only hung on to the things that you do physically but now they hang on to the things that you say and then what is your responsibility to continue to do that as a leader? Ugh, that's a heavy question. Um, <clears throat> well, A, um, fuck. <laughs> I kind of want to say I hate it. <laughs> that's fair. But, I mean, that's um, discipline is doing something that you hate and acting like you love it. And discipline is the backbone of my existence because I am a wild animal. Like, I, I just love to live that life, burn it hard. I mean, you can look at my bloodstream right now. We are fucking <laughs> hungover as fuck and here on a Sunday, but I love it. And yeah. um, it is the backbone, that concept. And when people quote me and they they <laughs> will DM me or something, and it's hard. It's hard. I don't know how, I think anyone on most of us and uh, i hate it's weird because you kind of have this weird dance of being trying like just act being humbled by it and you also want to give them the respect of saying thank you yeah. you don't want to say shut up bro you know what i mean <laughs> um and, and i mean hate it and i don't mean that li like in a bad way um it is something that is uh, driving to me now that i understand that everything i say is forever um i put it into words i put it into podcasts that are forever but I've also put it into the souls and on my flesh, <laughs> on my flesh, on my neck, um, and on my head. Um, I, I put it into those people that believe in me, and that is forever. That is legacy. There are certain uh, actions that have bred feelings in people that I coach and that I lead and that I'm friends with that are forever, just like my leaders and mentors have put things into me uh, that are forever. And they're ingrained in me. And they knew the responsibility of that word. And they knew the responsibility of their actions and how the, what they did in that moment that, that would last forever. Like Wes, when he told me, he's like, you know, I always tell the stories. When they asked us about our strengths and fighting. I love a good Wes story. <laughs> I do. And, he, you know, he asked all about, maybe it was on a previous podcast, but whatever, here we are. And he asked every one of the fighters, he's like, what's your strength? And then he got to me again, and I chose physical. I go, my kicks. And he goes, no. I was just like, oh, you know, because you, you think very limited. And he goes, your your strength is your will to win. Mm. And I, you know, I still get emotional about that because I changed my life. I was twenty five, and that I was like, I never was seen in that light. Yeah. Somebody saw me for something more than just a good Hicks. picker. Yeah, you know. And yeah. he's right. <laughs> I am. I will do anything. 
to win. And I mean that like to win someone over or help somebody. That's a win to me. You know, I don't just mean like beat somebody else. Beat myself every day. That's a win. Get up in the morning, not be a sack of shit. I'm winning that moment. I would do anything, John, to win. And that somebody saw it in me. Like when somebody gives you a proper nickname, it feels that much more important. Yeah. And that is a responsibility of words. And that's a responsibility that I accept because it gives me a reason to live. And it's like a forever concept. You can't escape that responsibility anymore. You decided to wear that hat. Mm-hmm. I just had this conversation uh, last night with Grump, who's recently uh, taking up coaching. And a big shout out to Grump. Yeah, shout out to Grump, man. What's his Instagram? Uh, right now, he's Supreme Grump. Supreme Grump. So shout out to you, man. Uh, you're taking on this endeavor, and there's a lot of things that are going to come your way. But I just had this conversation. It's like, you take that that oath. Yeah. Um, and your words are forever. And man, I I, <laughs> I I say I hate it when they say that, obviously, because that's a side of me that I think we all struggle with compliments. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you, I, I, you know, and everyone thinks, uh, you know, obviously, if you're like, oh, Mike, you look good. I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, I do. You know, but that's shallow shit. Yeah. But when you're like, hey, Mike, you changed my life. I'm like, okay, take it easy, pal. Like, I, uh, I'm about to throw up in my mouth. Like, I don't know what to do. I get nervous. Like, I'm stupid. Like, pfft, knock my drink over. <laughs> I'm like a 12 year old again uh, because the it's just girl a, at the yeah. dance. <laughs> yeah, look at my dress. <laughs> and it's because I told you we come from a very, we come from a place of this like kind of self loathing, like effort to just say, you know, I deserve it. Like that mm. takes, it took me 36 years for me to say to you, if you would have asked me 10 years ago, I'd be like, yeah, because I'm cool or whatever, mm. to say that. So when somebody sees it in me, I'm like, I don't. Are you all right? Are you, are you drunk? You know? um, I mean, so that's a big me, change. I probably am, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. It's a Lord's Day. Um, I really like that you said that. And I know that we kind of have the structure here, but let's just. Let's just get after it. Get yeah, that me. was a fucking. So listen, in strength sports, there's a trend. And in that trend, there's a lot of discussion about mental health. Okay. Oh, yeah. I feel like we're seeing a lot of people that are recognizing that their mental health is not okay, okay? But what I also see the trend is turning it into a joke. So let me ask you with uh, your psychology background, because I don't know if you know that, but kind of. Penn State, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Psych major. Um, but when that comes into play, let's, talk, let's take, you, take the coaching out of it, take the athlete out of it, take the human aspect out of it. Let's look at it from a psychology standpoint. Why is it so easy for people to speak on their dysfunctions, but so hard for them to take action? Um, wow, that's a good question. I didn't expect that. Um, damn. So, I always, and this is true, this, what they call the soft sciences, have always had this kind of leeway of saying, almost an attitude like that anyone can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, they. I remember going to psychology and putting my fucking time in and getting my degree, and then people are going like, "Yeah, I don't know, you know, fucking, I can read people, and I can help people, and I don't need a degree." And I'm like, "Okay, I get it. You know, it's not like a hard science where you can't be an engineer without going to proper school, even though you can kind of learn it, etc." Mm-hmm. I think people start to um, equate 
psychology and um, illnesses and stuff and kind of blend it into like that's the human aspect of it that's the human existence but there's a big difference between words like illness and disorder and dysfunction these are words that carry weight can you give us a quick description of like how you would break them down yeah absolutely and i'll just use the one word disorder you know when somebody has a disorder or an illness it affects their daily life always every day and it's a something that is somewhat in essence out of their control an addiction a mental disorder uh, you know obviously like bipolar or schizophrenia or real depression and real anxiety and I, I don't mean to please understand i don't mean to downgrade anyone that is suffering from something but be very careful that in our nation in our current climate with so much information it's really easy to self-diagnose and they call this the med student uh, disorder or the also the psych because when you go to psych school you think well i got I got schizophrenia for sure. I'm bipolar too. <laughs> because you're reading this information. Yeah. You're getting this free information. Like, well, I have anxiety. I suffer from anxiety, depression. I'm, I think I'm part schizophrenic and I'm pretty sure I'm going to need bipolar medication. I'm like, hold on a second. Like you are getting free information. Just like everyone can think I can deadlift 600 pounds because I saw it. And you're starting to diagnose yourself. It's a very slippery slope when you use the word disorder because disorder, people that suffer from it, suffer is another word. They don't have control of that. It's a daily affliction. It's not just life is hard. I'm depressed. I'm anxious. I have a problem. No, that's that's the human endeavor. Things are hard. The the fluctuation for somebody with a disorder, there is no fluctuation. That's the problem. You are always afflicted. If I cut off your fucking leg, you're never gonna have that fucking leg. It's, you don't have a leg problem. Dude, you have no leg. It's always gone, you know? Yeah. It's not, oh, my knee hurts. You don't have an injury. Yeah. You're just hurting. And I think people are very quickly to diagnose that. And it could uh, we can have a literally an three, four, five, 20-hour conversation on this, and I don't want to get too far. But I think people will search to belong to something so they don't feel alone. Mm -hmm. So when they say, as if I tell you, sometimes I get anxiety, Sometimes I'm depressed. That doesn't really give me a group to belong to. Yeah. It's just, you'll be like, well, that's normal guy. <laughs> but if I say I am depressed, I have a problem. There is a group of people you belong to. And then you get a certain people treat you a certain way, etc. And And then people start to want to fit into that. And it's a very dangerous, slippery slope. Now to answer your question further, people need to really understand that discussing mental disorders and then trying to help and diagnose and like give therapy that is not okay in my book. And I say this all the time. Mm -hmm. There's one difference between discussing what you have felt and one thing self-diagnosing and then prescribing a therapy that is bullshit. And you're bullshit. If I told you, Hey man, this pill, don't worry about it. It'll cure your diabetes. No problem. You'd be like, fuck no, dude. Right? Because yeah. you're like, you're not a doctor. Right. But there's a lot of people out there giving out diagnosis and, and, and theories without ever having put it into practice. You know, self-practice doesn't, self-diagnosis doesn't give you the right to expand on that. That's not even fair. Yeah. Coaches should see coaches. And this goes into a further conversation into what people are putting out there, but be very, very careful. And I'm super adamant and I'm very passionate about this because that's what I went to fucking school for. And you know what I do? 
I keep my mouth shut because I understand the weight of a p- improper diagnosis, of the weight of saying, I think you're crazy. I just discuss my issues. I discuss my, I don't really necessarily, obviously we have opinions and stuff. I go, I pick my words wisely because that's a very dangerous slope. And of course, mental illness and stuff like that has really become, I don't want to use the word popular, but people are more open to it. It it almost feels that in the strength world, it's kind of trendy. And I don't like that. Yes. Yeah. But I, I do notice and, and you can probably, uh, you probably learned a about a lot about this, but it feels like, uh, People are able to prioritize training over uh, fixing or working on their mental health. And why do you think that is? So, well, to, it's funny when you said the, the, the term trendy, um, maybe not funny, but the. It I almost feels of, like hipsters, right? Right. Like a bunch it's of almost like, sad if you, well, you can, you can deadlift this weight and angry because you come from a very dark place. And I'm like, yes, yes. Okay. But is it your GPS? Or is it a tool? Mm-hmm. And and what's controlling what? Is your disorder controlling your training or is your training controlling your disorder? People are saying training is therapy and things like that. Oh, this is my, you know, my rehabilitation process from okay. You're you're starting to use words very loosely and the power of words I can't express has weight. Um and that's where I think people start to kind of get a little funky on that concept. So I think, and this is personal opinion, obviously, a lot of us will search for something outside of ourselves to really hunker down and get in the concept of bettering ourselves. Sport is one of the first thing that comes to mind. What's happening now is that it's becoming very okay to express these particular things as a badge of honor. And that's, in many cases, great like that you struggle through anxiety and that you struggle through depression and you still show up. What I don't want that to become is a, is some sort of crutch Mm -hmm. or some sort of improper purple heart where you are using that as an excuse for a being good and also being bad. You got to pick one or the other. Yeah. And I see it a lot, you know, and I think people are also looking for a way to get free therapy. They just want to express themselves on social media. They get that dopamine fix of getting likes and you're going to be okay and you're going to be great. But then that becomes an improper ex- like a, a improper way of dealing with your stress. You just throw it out on social media. You get that dopamine fix, yeah. but you're not fixing the issue. And we start to get into that slippery slope of training and things like that. But to answer your question, I think what's happening is that everyone needs to identify that There is the human endeavor, and then there is the disorders. Being hurt, being upset, being depressed, being suicidal, being dark, being anxious, that is a human endeavor. That is part of being alive. That is part of struggling every day. That is part, you're not alone. (laughs) You are not alone. You are part of living through life. You're gonna lose, you're gonna hurt, you're gonna fucking hate everything. That's human. Then there's the disorders. And I think what, when people go, oh, you know, suddenly everyone has mental, mental disorders. No, we've always had it. Or not, not want disorders, but mental struggles and illnesses. Let's not, let's not title them that. Yeah. I do. We all have anxiety and we all suffer from depressions and, and bouts. But you're not alone. 
And it's the people think that, oh man, these are all coming. It's because we just have more options to express ourselves. Yeah. But what's the fucking action item? Is what I always talk about. What are you gonna do with it? And then like, well, okay, so you are living life and you're but what are you gonna do with it? Are you gonna wake up in the morning <clears throat> and use it as a as a fuel system? Mm-hmm. Are you are you gonna use it as a way to be mad at your spouse because you've had a hard day? So I'm depressed. Fuck you. Like that's not okay. That's a crutch now. It becomes an addiction. Yeah. So I do like just like everyone else. We have these struggles. We express ourselves, but now what are you gonna do with it? Well, guess what? You're gonna wake up in the morning and you're gonna move dirt with a spoon or a shovel. And I tell people be very careful with the words you use to describe what you're feeling because you're not either you're burying yourself or you're empowering yourself. And it's like, okay, I, you know, I suffer from depression. <sighs> I'm like, okay, well, one of the most misdiagnosed quote unquote disorders ever. Okay, you suffer from it. If the word suffer is the word you should use. But what are we, what are we doing with it? You know, what are we going to, are you going to help somebody else? Are you going to use it? Are you going to talk to somebody about it? Are you going to, it's going to be empowering for you. And now everyone in the strength community, it's not, it's when you said that. It's not just a strength community. It's just human in general or athletes in general. Yeah. We will search for something to fulfill these holes in our lives. We need something external. Sports is one of the best things in the world for that. So we are now on a social media platform world where we are expressing this. Is it really that things are coming up? No, they've always been there. Yeah. But now what are we going to do with it? Well, guess what, man? We host fucking podcasts. We host competitions. We talk openly about it, but be truthful, be forceful, and be purposeful. What are you doing with it? This is okay. You're not really a depressed person. You are just suffering from depression right now. It's okay. Things aren't okay. You know, it's just like when the that Instagram, I forgot her goddamn name, but I post her all the time. Uh, mind, body, your mind, soul. Um, oh, healthy mind movement. Healthy mind movement. It's, She's great. Great. And it's yeah. true. And she's a she's gonna get her fucking doctorate degree. And she chooses her words super wisely. We talk about it all the time because obviously we're psych people, but what are you gonna do with it? it yeah. Life is this zigzag of emotions, you know? And it's okay to do these things and get in there and get out. But overall, it's it's important to, to say here and to say to everyone, it's like, what are we doing with this? Yeah. And I think that when you go into sport, that gets you. And when I was a kid, my uncle was very, very big into graffiti. Oh, that's just dope. And yeah, he used to take me to the walls that they bombed and he would show me like, hey, we spent four hours on this wall last night. And it would be, you know, 12 foot high mirror or whatever. How'd you get up there? We stood on each other's shoulders. And I always Oof. thought that was really cool. Well, they did this one piece and the piece was two ninjas squaring off, right? And the first ninja was pulling the other ninja's heart out. On the side where the ninja's heart was being ripped out was more ninjas. All the way to the end of the wall. There was only one ninja doing the pulling. And at the top was a caption that said, problems are never solved, they're just replaced. Oof. And I, that, I saw that art, I had to have been nine years old. But I'll never forget that. Wow. Because in my head I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. kind of what we do. We just never solve that problem, we just take on a bigger problem and push that away. And it's just there. Yeah. And I think that to a degree, uh, yeah, it's something I've always said, even as an athlete is people are like, you got to go to that dark place. And I'm like, Mm-mm, yeah, not me. What dark place are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause 
I don't come back from that. Yeah. You got to get mad, dog. You got to lift that. With, you got to lift with rage. And it's like, no, I can't lift that way. Right. And that's like, my dark place. It's not, it's not going to be functional for you. Right. And if you would have asked me five years ago, I'd say you're wrong. But now I understand that people's fuel systems are different. Yeah. Some people can lift from a happy place. So Mike Tyson said it himself. The, the baddest motherfucker. A happy fighter is a dangerous fighter. Yeah. Coming from Mike Tyson, who's probably one of the most baddest darkest meanest motherfuckers on the planet um and 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 man that's a good i like that um and i think to to to, it's really good that you brought that up sometimes people look for sport to replace right oh if i'm lifting you know if i'm done lifting and training it's replacing the issue you never really solve it you just kind of push it back now you got now you got problems with training you have a bad knee or, you know, you're focused on training and competition. That's your new problem. So depression, self-loathing, <laughs> loneliness, anxiety is kind of it's still there. Mm-hmm. We just took on another endeavor that's much more physical and cathartic to kind of just fulfill these gaps. And that, my friend, is a very dangerous road. And that's where you see meltdowns and breakdowns and people are like what the fuck happened to this person because you're right they just replaced one thing with the other and it's 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 cascading now because i think it's also we live in a society where it's a little bit more okay to express these things you know 50 years ago you can't say i'm impressed you're like you're a pussy <laughs> drink whiskey and stop being a fucking pussy about it yeah now it's like and i'm okay with that because i was not a good th- way to deal with things but i'm like oh express yourself expressing yourself and dealing and executing with an issue are two different things. Yeah. And how you express yourself needs to be a skill set. And people don't put skill into expressing themselves. They don't use skill into speaking to themselves mm-hmm. and how they express an issue. It's unfucking believable the power of what you're saying and how your face moves when you're speaking and how powerful that cognitive reaction is to how you're speaking. Yeah. And more importantly, how do you talk to yourself? Look in the mirror in the morning, and if you're slumping and you're down, is why I got that fucking throat tattoo so I can look at it in the mirror. And the only way I can look at it is if I stand proud. If I stand down and slumped, I can't see it. And I, when I post it, I'm like, I have to remind myself not to be a fucking pussy to myself. Stand up proud, man. You're going to be all right. Yeah. As opposed to <sighs> just another day. Yeah. Dude, fact. <laughs> you know? And, and, People need to put skill and effort and thought. That's what going to school for psychology is. How a therapist speaks to you, the words they use, the body language. That's not just a trait. It's not something you can just, okay, yeah, no problem. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a reason why the village shaman was respected. He lived his whole life to help others. He didn't go and kill and hunt and farm. All he did was help that's what therapists do. Their whole skill set, the words they use, their hand gestures, the writing, when they write, how they write, how they speak to each person different individually. And then I will say this, as you're a coach, you know what this feels like. And if you don't, you suck. And it's important to understand these concepts mm-hmm. when we speak to ourselves, especially. You know, and I don't think people, and I can see by their posts and their writings and their words, I'm like, you haven't put effort into yourself. The term, I deserve it, it has not coming from you yet. Think about it. How you're talking about yourself to yourself. 
how yeah. powerful that is. You know, think about it. If you're talking about a good friend, how do you talk about them? Proudly, yeah. happy, great guy. And then you like talk to yourself, to yourself, and you know, it's just, it's just me. I'm like, but that's the most important person in your life. <laughs> yeah. It's not. It, the most important person in your life is you. It's not your dad. It's not your girlfriend. It's not your brother. It's not your sister. It's not your mom. No. Because guess what? If you disappear, how hard are they going to hurt? So how important are you? Super important. So why don't you speak to yourself like that? Why don't you act accordingly to yourself? And then people, oh, cocky and come. No, niggas, not cockiness. It's reality. You should hold yourself so high and so powerful that when you meet somebody else, you know what love is. You know what passion is because you know how to treat yourself. That's the effort. That's the struggle. That's the weight. That's what that's what life is about. And while we search as athletes for these this training, this hardship, we, we learn like we need it. And if you haven't thought about that, think how hard and look at yourself in the mirror and look at yourself hard. How do I treat myself every morning? Big deal. And it's it's not aesthetics, dog. It's not aesthetics. All of that for sure helps. But that that look, how are you standing? You know. You know. You fucking can't lie to yourself. Nope. You know, I, it's always a conversation that I have when I talk about uh, when someone looks at you and you know they truly respect you or love you, right? And I'll give you a great example. A great example is my aunt. Mm. So my aunt uh, had four sons and basically raised me when I was young. And she lost her second oldest in a car accident. Mm. Star football player, captain of the baseball team. Yes, without the seatbelt. Yeah, no seatbelt. Died tragically. And this is a running back now. Yeah. Died tragically, broke his neck. It was bad. She never stopped looking at us with genuine love in her eyes. And you know, you can see it. It's like when you go into your grandmother's house. Uh, what's the term for grandmother? Abuelita. Yes. <laughs> and you walk in there and soon as the door swings open, you're almost smothered with love. And you're like... Yeah, like, come, come yeah, on. Almost uncomfortable. You're like, Ugh, I don't fucking, yeah. 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 But as you get older and you understand your struggles and understand there's very few people that are going to look good, look at you with that pure yeah. love, you know? And I always say that in my family life, I hope that I have that coming back to me because that look as somebody who could have very been, could very well have been broken forever, chose to just love harder. <sighs> Okay, so damn you, bro. <laughs> I just had this conversation the other day. Um, my best friend died a few years ago, um, <clears throat> three years and four months. And his mother, Mama Wilson, Cheryl, is the same. And somebody asked me, oh, I forgot what I was talking about, but how to deal with loss. And it's like, you can't tell anyone how to deal with it. You can only show it. And that woman spoke a novel to me without ever once telling me how I should feel about losing a brother to suicide. Never to this day has ever once told me how I should feel ever. Mm -hmm. But she showed me resilience. And there's a look in her eye that... And there's her smile, it's a big smile, Ugh. that is so pure. And that's, that this woman can still smile after burying her only child. Yeah. 
I'm like, that is strength. And you can't tell somebody, be strong. Don't be a pussy. I'm like, yeah, these are things we say as men, but show me. Mm. Show me. Show me what it is to wake up every day and still live life. When she, We've had some conversation with her. I'm, I'm like fucking bawling. I'm like, I can't. You felt this way too? Yeah. But she shows me. And just being around her and for her to look at me with love. I'm not her son. She calls me her son, obviously. Yeah, sure. And she looks at me with that look. Like, you get up every day with the hardest feeling in the world and you still look at me with love. What the fuck am I doing? How can I look not look at myself yeah. like that? How can I look at my mother and my, my family, my blood, and be like, dog, I got you. You know, I'm not even her fucking blood. And yeah. she's lost everything. Her whole world is gone. That, that was her whole life. Gone. Yeah. Her legacy, her destiny, gone. And she still wakes up and her voice, her laugh is there. You, know, you can feel that it's a struggle. Yeah, And sure. maybe that makes you love them a little bit more because you know they're trying hard to hold it together. But I'm like, damn, dog. That's it? Yeah. I can't tell you just be strong. But I'm like, I know what strength looks like. She, and obviously I've never met her in my life, but she's one of those people that when you post something and you post a picture of her smile, which you typically do, um, you can't help but look at that picture and smile too. Yeah, It's like one of those people that that stranger will affect my life forever. Ever. Because I'll see that and I'll understand that that smile comes from like real love. Yep. Real. But I like what you said there. Right. Because the old mentality was like, don't be a pussy. Don't hurt. You're not you're a man. You're not allowed to cry. Yeah. And I think that and it's not it's nothing against the ladies. I think women are lucky that they've been uh, instructed and told more about like this emotion is normal. And I think that we need to really focus, uh, you know, as men and, and it's nothing against women, obviously. Yeah, we're, we're men. We speak. I'm part of a men's club. Yeah. yeah. And one of the things that. uh I'm trying to normalize is the conversation about how the fuck you're feeling. Right. Right. So we spend so much time being like, ah, ha, ha, you're a pussy. You're having yeah. a bad day. You pussy. pussy, pussy. Yeah, yeah. Just drink, bro. Yeah. yeah. But are we really building each other up? Oof. Especially uh, when we make uh, commitments to each other. Right. Like what, what's the foundation we're laying? Right. And this ties in. And I agree with you. Um, it comes to the skill set of expression and like the skill, like the art of a conversation, which is a dying art, which I'm super proud that you and me fucking nail it <laughs> motherfuckers. But think about the art of expression and how important that is to, to ourselves and, and to our general brotherhood and, and sisterhood and humanity in general. I think it comes with, Example, if I come to you and I tell you I'm having a bad day, I've been through a lot today, I feel confused, anxious, and I'm a little down, John. I know things will be better, but I'm going to need your help. Mm. You now know that if somebody you trust can speak to you this way, you now know how to speak to somebody else yep. and to yourself. And that's important. You cannot tell, and I speak to men, it's really hard to tell a man what to do. 
It's in our fucking genetics. It's <laughs> testosterone. You're like, fuck you, Tony. You know? <laughs> hey, fuck you, Ezekiel. What's your name? Yeah, fuck you. Like, you're just, fuck you. No. Yeah. If I tell you, don't be a pussy, the first thing you think about is, fuck you. Yeah. You don't think about that. Like, what do you mean, not being a pussy? I don't fucking, you know, you get, you just attacking this thing. And we say it. Yeah. There's a time and a place for that shit. Sure, don't right. get me wrong. Well, don't, let's not fucking beat around the bush. Some people are fucking pussies. But, if I tell you that, but if I put effort into my body language, into the skill set of expression, mm. you are going to absorb that, right? So if I tell you, don't be a pussy, but it comes from a man who gets up every day, works hard, is there for you, always listens to you, speaks to you openly, is vulnerable, tries hard, never quits, you know where that word comes from, and you know the expression. And you feel it in your bones because of the actions behind the fucking words that you're saying. People speak words like they're just being thrown out, like memes. Yeah. There's got to be a character and a soul and a spirit behind those words. And people are starting to forget that because they don't take care of themselves. They don't like the fire. They don't put the, the, the wood into that, into, that, into that pyre. They're just letting it fuck. Ooh, a little flame. Fuck you. Yeah. You know, when you see a big fire from far away, you're like, that shit burns hot. If you show me a candlelight, I'm like, yeah, fuck out of here. <laughs> what are oh, you going to be? You're going to be this fucking candle? You're going to be a forest fire? Like, think about your way of, of showing what you mean. Yeah. And you're right. You know, as men, we tend not, I think things are changing for the better. Sure. Um, of how to do it. You know, it's it was obviously there's one side where it's okay. It's too so much expression and so much softness. You're just fucking losing some sort of masculinity, and then there's the hardcore ridiculousness where you're like, you're so masculine, it's disgusting. Yeah, that middle ground comes through through into example, expressing that you're having a bad day, but I still got to go through it. Yeah, right. You know what I love about our personal conversations like that is I never have to preface my conversation by saying I know logically. That this is not the way. Yeah. But this is how I feel. And I don't ever have to say that to you. Nope. I can just say. And then something happens. And then I go, hey, man, thanks for listening. Even if you don't respond, I'm like, yeah. oh, I feel better. KK, yeah. KK, GG. And I think that's important in generous people. Yeah. Here's the thing. And I tell this to my people at my gym. How are you bringing up the question? How are you bringing up the issue? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Practice the skill of expression. Mm. If I come, if you're my boss and I go, I'm having a rough day. You're going to want, well, what's wrong? Yeah. What's hard? Or I come up to you as a boss. I don't know how to do it. Do what? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Why don't we treat ourselves with that respect? We are our own boss. We are our own company. We are our own legacy. We are our own destiny. Mm. Give me something. I always say there is such thing as a stupid question, and a stupid question is a thoughtless question. So what do you ask of yourself? Mm. Do you wake up in the morning and go, what am I going to do today? That's a stupid question. There's no thought behind that. Yeah, You didn't give yourself the self-respect to formulate a good question to motivate you forward. What are you doing? These thoughts and these questions, these semantics and these words will breed action. 
and vice versa. Action will be great words. It's an incredible mix and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy in that sense. But think about it. Mm. If you, if I bring up to you a very loaded, expressive question and passion with action that you see me daily, you are going to absorb me in a much more respectful way and you're going to answer and fulfill that question better because I came to you with self-respect. Right. I'm not asking you to be a fucking G and know what everybody, you know, like, oh, super like hippie and happy all the time. It's bullshit. But self-respect is a struggle in itself and it's a daily effort and it's a skill set. It's practice. Every day is practice. Every day is a way to get better. How do you say something? How do you, this is hard. This is really hard, but I'm going to get better at it. I know I'm not going to quit. Yeah. Powerful. You, let me ask you this. Mm. And I know that, uh, you know, the reality of it is everything needs to be thought of on an individual level. But considering your background, uh, considering your degree, do you have a blanket theory as to why people struggle so much with boosting themselves up? Oh, good question. <laughs> I don't think um, it depends is how I would always answer that question. Um, but I think people have not identified that the problem with boosting yourself up and the effort and the hardship is normal. People see when they see themselves and the problem of loving yourself and respecting yourself as a, as an effort, they think that that's the problem and that's, they're somewhat excluded and alone for it. When in reality, that is the most normal human thing in the world. And that it's yeah. okay to fight every day to smile. And it's, it's, it's normal. <laughs> and we search instinctively and genetically and in a survival sense to be unique. Yeah. We are obviously incredibly unique if you want to go base it down to a genetic scientific level. But sure. Even let's say emotionally, it's insanely unique how different we all are. And we yearn for that. We yearn to stand out, sometimes for the better and sometimes for the worse. Mm. And when we search for that, okay, I must be the only one that's depressed all the time. Yeah. I must be the only one that hates myself every day. I must be the only one that's going to suffer from this breakup. No one has ever broken up with this person like I did. <laughs> and I am the saddest person in the world. Trust me. Because we yearn for that uniqueness. We genetically will always try to be, we'll always try to stand out. That's called evolution. Mm. It's in our, almost on our emotional genes to stand out. And we have to fight back and say, dude, you're not, that unique in that sense. And that's not a bad thing. You know, it's not a bad thing to say, I'm not alone. I'm not the most saddest. Every other person has to struggle with this daily. And that, that effort, like I always say, I say, that's the importance of terminology and symbolism and the power of, of beacons. And I couldn't think of anything better because it just came to me. And I'm like, this is it. This is what the battle axiom is. And this is what we can all be. And I was just talking about this earlier this week. Um, we can all be, the, no, you don't have to be magnanimous to be a lighthouse. Mm -hmm. Have you seen a lighthouse? It's not a big deal. It's mostly ugly. Do you ever climb one? It's terrible. The stairs are terrible. So yeah. many stairs. So many stairs. 
can't wait to get a one-story house. A mortal um, enemy. Yeah, exactly. But think about it. Yeah. Rustic, beat up, traditionally used to be run by one person way off in the coast, you know? Yeah. Beat up, doesn't ask for much, but doesn't do much, but one fucking thing. It shines bright. And that's a, that's a, something to, that's something to strive for, man. And I think we are all, in essence, everyone is the lighthouse in somebody else's life. And sometimes you're the ship. And I just, that came up to me this week. I always say, you know, you may be the lighthouse in one person's life, but sometimes you have to understand that it's okay to be the ship. Yeah. It's okay to be the vessel and to look at somebody and be like, you're the reason why I get up in the morning, bro. Thank you for walking me off that edge by just being you. You know, it's not like the lighthouse is suddenly becoming something else. It is being you. And what? guess what? It's showing you. It's not telling you. It's showing you the way. Action, responsibility, being you. Getting up in the morning and just putting on a fucking shirt and going to the gym and, and being there is enough for somebody to go like, man, if if they can do it, I can do it. That's what I that that whole concept, that philosophy of the lighthouse has been impactful to me. I don't know if it's been in, impactful for you and on how you guys deal with it, but it's like that's been huge for me, man. And and especially, yeah. let's not be shitty. This year has been quite the adventure, but. Don't don't ever say don't ever underestimate your position in somebody else's life. Oof. Don't ever cut yourself short. Think about it. Yeah. Sometimes you just showing up to work, John, is showing somebody else that if you can do it, they can do it. You don't tell them if I can do it, you can do it. Because you're gonna get defensive. You'll be like, yeah. fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, Tony. <laughs> fuck you, Tony. Yeah. Of course I can do it. But if you show up quietly and you just drinking your coffee and getting after it. The people have this kind of conception that getting after it means like hard work. You got to be some sort of fucking medieval blacksmith and getting fucked up. No, dude. How about paying your dues? Tell somebody that you love them. Smiling at somebody. Saying hi. Yeah. That's hard work sometimes. <laughs> and you don't have to tell, hey, did you see what I said to this guy? Then I'm going to be like, oh, no, no, it's stupid. Here's an Instagram post of me shaking this yeah, guy's hand. Yeah, look at uh, me, all the good things now. I do. Yeah, exactly. Look hey, look at me doing good. Now I'm going to be like, you know what? I don't want to do good. I'm going to go punch a kid in the face. <laughs> right? Here, here's four years You've been four, on this swing set too I long, four idiot. Old, I'm like, smoke this pack of cigarettes, you little shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> You've never skateboarded in I mean, your I'm, life. I'm saying I won't do it. Yeah, exactly. Stupid fucking skateboarder. But if, if you think about it, um, accept it. Yeah. Accept that it. it's, it's something proud. You know, like there's something to be said about that person in your life that just gets up and is themselves all the time. Mm. And that's a skill set. I don't know when we started forgetting that just being ourselves is a gift. It's fucking hard work, man. You know how hard it is to get up in yourself and just self-analyze and just be you? <laughs> that's hard work. Yeah. And that's okay. You know, like when you go through a construction site or you walk, whatever, and you see somebody working hard, you're like, damn. Fuck. You're almost like, man, I should go work hard. Yeah. Now, if that guy stopped and go, hey, do you see me working hard? You know what you're going to do? You're probably going to go home and beer and fuck, fuck this guy. <laughs> I'm not going to work. It's like it's like in her nature, right? Yeah. But you don't ask that person. 
They just are that little beacon. Mm-hmm. And that day, in that moment, that person right there was your lighthouse. When you get up in the morning, observe it. You have to look. The ship itself doesn't know. Yeah. You have to look for it. You have to search for it. So I got asked a question once. I wish somebody would find me. And I said, how hard are you looking for somebody else? Yeah. I go, if you aren't putting in the work to look for someone else to be a lighthouse, how are they going to see you? If you can't reciprocate effort to search, how are they going to see you? How are they going to shine? How are you going to shine? Right. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, yeah. It's a fucking skill set. Mm-hmm. How fucking bright are you shining? You have to man yourself. And the lighthouse still does its job no matter who's looking. No matter what. It doesn't fucking stop shining. Storms, nothing. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. You are someone's lighthouse. You have to accept that responsibility. And you know what? What's the alternative? You're dead. Exactly. Fucking be proud that somebody looks up to you every fucking day for some sort of guidance. Even on your bad days, when you're doing bad things, sometimes that's enough to be like, that person, believe it or not, is probably going, I shouldn't do that. Yeah. And I've been there. (laughs) When I'm fucked up, they're like, I don't want to do what Mike does. I'm like, you're goddamn right, pussy. (laughs) That's okay. But that's reality. I'm being myself. Yeah. And I mean, it's that's life. I literally that is that effort and I, that's the power of that concept the power of that that, that that terminology lighthouse it's not something I do like <laughs> I don't just say shit like that because I don't mean it yeah sure I do it because it changes my life you're not trying to be Mike the philo- philosopher you're, no you're because it's an, be that's, yeah. I really don't want to be because then people are going to start putting this kind of like moral code around me. I'm like, bad idea. <laughs> don't you hold me to that. Don't so you put that. <laughs> don't you put that shit on me. Yeah, you fuck. Yeah, and I also like that a little bit over the Northern Star concept. Because Northern Star is, is unreachable. Right. But you can walk to a lighthouse. You can see the functions. You can see the daily effort of the lighthouse. The star, it's only there at night. I mean, of course it exists constantly but you only see it at night but only the lighthouse once. it's forever forever it's always there and it's still there even when you're not even when you're not and Fuck. it's 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 i think these 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 terminologies need to be um important because they guide us to responsibilities now you have to understand like People in life will always shy away from responsibilities because that means they have to live a little bit harder. And in their concept of of their mind, they think that by avoiding that hardship that they're lengthening their lives, in my opinion, it's the opposite. Accepting that hardship is the only thing lengthening your life. I can tell you right now verbatim fact in my life that accepting where I am today is the only reason why I'm alive. And I wish I could tell you in a cooler light, but that's reality. Being a leader, being somebody in my family that is like, this motherfucker needs to live. Yeah. This person needs to lead. He can't quit. 
He always has money. He has his shit together. He's never down. These are responsibilities I accepted because I know that if I didn't, I'd be way that way. Yeah. And people will shy away from these things and commitments and the words of I promise and I love and I will and I won't. These are words that matter because it, they, they make concrete your decisions. They execute real life long-term responsibilities and they're hard. But guess what? You just accepted your ticket into, into lengthening your life. And maybe for some of us, that's really scary because we weren't supposed to live along in the first place. Because we spent, we will and will continue to spend most of our lives running away from more years of being inside our head. But what does that speak of our character? So we're going to run away from hardships? We're going to run away from fear? Mm. You know, I can, t I, I always said, oh, I don't want to live, I still will say, I don't want to live along. I don't, Whatever. That doesn't mean I'm not going to live every year as hard as I can. Because now I understand what responsibility means. Living every day to its fullest. Because somebody else's life dis depends on my ability to live my day as much as I can. You can't just dim the light, man. You can't just give up on that. And <laughs> I promise you, that is a major reason why... I train so hard or I accept things that are really hard or I push myself in training because what's the alternative to just accept the things that are easier for me? Mm. I, I, I physically can't. And if I know that I get up every single fucking day and I'm pushing myself in some sort of fucking way, that that's a responsibility to myself. And in essence, that is the lighthouse concept that you will fuck. People will see that. It's not necessarily that I live my life because I know other people are watching. It's that I live my life because I want to live my life. What's the fucking alternative? If you lost someone or something that means something to you, you know what the alternative is. It's there all the time to remind you of what it means to give up and to lose it's there all the time. I'm telling, I'm telling you, in 17 fucking days, it's going to be really hard for me. I know what giving up looks like. Yeah. And you know what's worse? I know what giving up feels like on others. And it's the worst feeling in the world when somebody gives up on you. Yeah. Why would we do that to ourselves? I know what it feels like to lose somebody because they give up. Sucks. Fuck. And I don't ever want anyone to feel that way. If I go, it's because I fucking go, dog. But you ain't never going to look at me and be like, Mike gave up on me. Mike didn't give up on himself. So he's not going to give up on me. So why the fuck am I going to give up on myself? That That concept to me wakes me up every day you know what it's a really responsible thing super uncharacteristic yeah and here we are i know what it feels like not gonna do it i just fucking won't i might be late i might forget things i didn't quit that's how my training is that's how my passion is that's how my love is and that's how i treat myself man i know <laughs> 
I know what it feels like to be quit on. Yeah. I think that once you know that hurt, you know the importance of the lighthouse concept. I think that in many ways we have to embrace the things that we've been through and teach them or speak them unto others. It's a big reason why we come here. It's because there's so much that we've been through as men, as athletes, you as a coach, me as a human being, that we can give to others to be a beacon for them. And we can never lose sight of that, even when it's easy. <laughs> and it's never fucking easy, huh? Never. And oh, just had a moment. Uh, I think people need to understand <laughs> what a gift it is to recognize that hardship. Yep. And to see it as a, a gift or a, oh God, I, I don't understand another terminology besides that gift. I, I would like to use another word, but think about it. And I use it all the time. It's funny. Uh, the, the the alternative concept came from talking to a lifter and why I think coaching is life-changing. Yeah. Um, somebody goes, <clears throat> my hamstring hurts. I go, what's the alternative? It doesn't hurt and you did nothing? Uh, well, uh, uh, or I'm nervous. I'm like, what's the alternative? You have nothing to be nervous about? Mm -hmm. And I tell that people when they go compete, they're like, oh, I'm scared. <laughs> like, you're so lucky. To be scared about something. You, you you never forget those feelings. And we need to accept that. We need to we need to see that as a, a, a an underlying gift of effort and the the terminology of responsibility and and how important it is for us to accept these concepts and and the words and the power of, of and I, and we say it all the time and I think a lot of people think that we take it for granted or we say it loosely or it's just something I do to fill in a podcast, but if we live this life. I for sure can say, and so can you, that we live this life because terminology, posture, self-awareness, presence, it's all fucking the path to legacy. Mm -hmm. You know, say what you want, but these things are important. And it, I only say this because it's built on the backbone of effort like really trying hard to be a good person if you don't believe that these things are true then you haven't been listening since the early episodes Never. because we tend to say the same thing over in different ways it's yeah and it's because we believe it yeah it's because we live it well it's funny because you can look at an old episode and the term lighthouse could be the climb and the term climb could be more weight. The dig and, down. And the more weight can be dig down. And the dig down could be the sled pool. Mm -hmm. And these terminologies are just other words to describe that effort and the responsibility of responsibility. Yes. And you need to fucking apply yourself to things that pull you into a position where you have to work so hard to be that person. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, this motherfucker's like, oh, Mike's this way. It's so easy. I'm like, you. 
I don't. The only thing easy I've ever done in my life is drink because I'm <laughs> good at it. <laughs> and even then, that comes with a goddamn. It's price. so much fun, though. You what know, it? it's it's funny because I obviously I'm an extension of you, whether you like it or not. Mm. Dear diary, what a thick extension. Yeah, yeah two seventy of just pure meat. No, but you yeah. know what? It's funny because um, you don't have the conversation with people, and and very much like you talked about the situation with changing coaches and talking to life and saying, hey, you know, I reached out to JT and I was like, hey, man. I just want to let you know that I'm going to go with Mikey's and to coach me for a little bit because I wanted I want a different experience. And he was totally for it. He's like, I yeah. think that's an absolutely brilliant idea. I think that you guys have a very good understanding. And I always tell people, maybe four years ago, Mike couldn't have coached me because I don't think he would have been taken to account me and the things I've been through. And I said, but I can tell you right now that he's the fucking right person because he reminds me every time he checks in or every time he sends programming. There's always these moments in your writings, even in the programming, and this is what makes you so special as a coach, is there's these moments that say, like, hey, man, remember, it's okay, you know, I've been going through some health issues, but it's like these moments, it's like it's okay to pull back, okay? We want to spare you. We want to save you to, to do this another day. And I think that that has uh, really, really shaped me as an athlete. But it's also been, it's made it easy for me to tell people because there's a, there's a massive respect for you in the strength world and there's also a fear, <laughs> right? Yeah. And it's funny because people Stand are like, back. well, I don't know if, they could, if I could have my coach me. And I say, you absolutely could. You're just scared. Right. This comes with a... And I say that there's no better coach at understanding who he's dealing with. You're just scared. <laughs> Thank you. And man. it's funny because I'm genuinely, look, man, you meet me and I'm a f nice fucking guy. Yeah. You're fucking welcome. Yeah. Because that's years and years of effort. Right. To be nice. To and be I, nice. I don't think people get that. They don't. Know? And I, I deal with that. <laughs> it's funny. There was a meme about uh, dropping eggshells. I'm like, oh my God, I'm an expert at that. You know, <laughs> that's my mutant power, but. It, it it transcends into my whole life. Yeah. You know, my family, my friends. I am a person that's just difficult because I am so self-aware and I'm so accountable for the piece of shit that I am and the good that I am that I hold you to those standards. Mm -hmm. And that's not a person that a lot of people want to be around all the time. Mm -hmm. But I'd rather go into my grave knowing that I am pushing you to be better, to be you better, not like me at all, because that's what I tell. I'm like, don't, yeah. you don't want to be like me because this is just a fucking terrible existence. But I uphold you to those standards so much that it is a lonely life. <laughs> yeah. And I'm okay with that. Like I, I have accepted that, that when you get around me, you're going to have to be a certain way because I'm like, we are going to fucking go. And you're like, Okay, so you can only deal with me once a month, twice a month, once a year, fine. But that's because that's who I am. Because I know, again, what it is to live life not being yourself. I spent 32 years living like that. Yes. And 2017 just fucking changed my life. That's it. And I was always kind of myself and rebellious. And 
sometimes for the wrong reasons or ego, which is obviously huge, still there. <laughs> Duh. But I'm not going to shy away from that. Yep. And you're right. Like There is certain things that I myself struggle with to be with myself. So here's a concept. If other people might have a hard time being around me, what the fuck do you think is being around me as me? <laughs> <laughs> do you think I'm like, oh, my God, I love myself. I'm just going to fucking jack up and smash it on my face. Now I'm like, God damn it. It's the only way I finish. Yeah. What? What? Yeah. Duh. <laughs> Thanks so, for length mirrors. <laughs> and if you think about it, like I have a hard time being by myself all the time. Yeah. Cause I know the standards. I know what I can be. Yeah. And I tell myself, I'm like, Mike, what the fuck are you doing right now? When I'm up watching the sun come up, being a piece of shit, I'm like, what are you fucking doing? You got done this on Thursday. You think I don't fucking know? You think I that I shut off? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. And I think that that concept, um, and it it <laughs> here's my here's my 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 idea is that you should never be at ease with yourself. I've yeah. always said it to myself, I've always said it on podcasts. I'm like the fight is life the forest fire the imbalance the push the effort that is the secret of life nothing ever should ever be easy nothing that i have ever in my life i've ever loved and cherished has ever been easy for me to grab nothing ever in my life that is worth time has come easy nothing my body my strength my passions my relationships my connections nothing from tattoos to fucking championships nothing has that has ever been worth a fuck has ever come easy a tattoo on your shoulder is worth less than the one on your fucking throat that's why those things mean let's just speak simply and stupidly just like the ones that people you connect with one day and the ones that you built over years of hardships and struggles and efforts those things matter never in my fucking life has anything ever that i loved forever has come easy relationships with your parents your loved one those are years of work effort loss sadness emotions when the fuck did we stop treating ourselves like that you you want to find peace there is no peace. There is no peace, like in the sense of traditional sense. To me, peace is in the effort, the struggle, the crawling, the climbing, the sled pulls, the push. Those are signs that you're alive, that you're... And, I, and somebody would say, oh, maybe you're doing this now because you're at this age. I'm like, I don't give a fuck because I live now for now. Right. I'm not living now, so how am I going to be when I'm 55? <laughs> to an extent, obviously, let's not get stupid here, but think about it. Every single day that you can get up living with yourself, it shouldn't be easy. It should be like, you need to push harder. You need to work harder. Eat right. Train hard. That's okay. Those things are okay. Those things are the part of life. They're a part of you. That effort, that 
concept of not knowing if you're going to succeed, that effort if you think you're going to be alone the rest of your life, those concepts are okay because that's you challenging you. You are your more weight. You are the fucking sled pool. You are literally that thing that you drag every fucking day. That is you. That is you. That is you. And it needs to be you all the fucking time. You need to feel this in your fucking bones. There is no easy path ever. And if there is, you're wrong. Nothing. Getting up every day and smiling and being polite and being a person of your fucking word and being a warrior, that is work. And it's all the fucking time. Love, passion, fear, anxiety, depression, loneliness. These are all concepts. They're all plates on your sled and it's you who has to pull through the muck and the fucking mire to be a fucking warrior all the fucking time that there is no concept there is no ease there is no stopping there is no downward slope bro it is a fucking climb to the top every day and that is the gift of life that is your responsibility to yourself to be responsible it puts you in a place where you have to fucking crush it every day somehow. Some days you crush pebbles and some days you stop on mountaintops. That is life. That is purpose. And it is addicting. And people see it. And people feel it. You want to change lives? Change yours first. Every fucking day. This is MDLP. This is a Battle Axe podcast saying don't be a pussy. Everything ends.